You're listening to the Routine Project Podcast, where I, your host, Justin Crawford, am getting into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs, thought leaders, celebrities, and so many more with one mission in mind, understanding their routines so we can get into building the ones that make the most sense for us. This is the one podcast that's hyper-focused on routines and routines only. What's cool is I feel like we're learning with the guests of the show because sometimes they come on here and they don't even know that they have these routines. I'm excited you're here to learn something new, so thank you for clicking play wherever you're tuning in. Now here's today's episode. Here we go, my friends. You're back for another episode of the Routine Project Podcast, and I am Justin, here now with my dear friend, sustainability and climate expert, TV host, and someone that I know can provide a lot of value when it comes to routines in personal and work life. Her name is Monica Richards. She's also known as Eco Babe on social media and around the world, as she's taken advantage of all the opportunities to not only educate consumers, clients, and audiences everywhere around the world that we live in and how to keep it alive and well, but more importantly, on how to maintain and sustain the world that we do live in, uh, that we all want to continue living in. And so today, Monica, Monica's here not to just talk about the routines that she has and the things that I know for sure has kept her at an all-time high in her career, but more importantly, when it comes to sustainability and the earth that we live on, I know we're all questioning what that even looks like, what it means, and how she can ultimately educate us today. So Monica, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've listened to your podcast so many times, so it's honestly such an honor to actually be here. So thank you. You remind me so much of, and we've been friends for a minute now, but I just, I I kept thinking about like the world of expertise today is it's, it's limited. And when I thought about you, I was like, you know what? She has to get on this podcast before we move on. And, and before, you know, sadly this podcast, you know, will only go on for so much longer. And I was like, Monica, get on this thing with me because there is something to the earth and the planet that a lot of people are not shying away from. I think we're just not as educated uh, in that. So I know we'll cover that a little later in this conversation, but right now I know there's an opportunity with you. Um, you've built a sustainable brand yourself and that's eco babe. So I want to go to the origin of that kind of how you got it started. More importantly, what's kind of kept you on such a nice, beautiful path and making sure that this is the one thing that you were going to stay focused on while adding these other pillars, again, about the social media and the personality and being able to do workshops and series, you know, like, and that is your brand now. But anyway, go to the origin of it and explain to everybody who's listening right now a little bit more about EcoBabe and Monica Richards from the start. Sure. So I actually grew up on a farm, a little town, only one stoplight when I was like five, it got um, installed. So a little, little tiny farm town in Southwest Michigan. And so I've always been a little eco babe. Like I grew up, my chores were collecting duck eggs and I had my own little flower garden and my mom literally made all of our food, like even our condiments. So we lived off the land. My dad didn't, he wasn't a farmer, but he ran his business off the farm. So that's how I grew up. And that's really when it all started. I really was connected with the earth there. And it's like, you do learn hard lessons as a kid about like, you know, you'll see like one of your animals perish or die or get killed by a fox. And so you learn these lessons, but you see how things are so circular and how nothing is wasted in nature, basically. So I really, I really found that connection when I was younger and it's just stayed with me. And so throughout my modeling career, my interior designer career, I used to do interior design. I, I graduated in interior design, worked for an eco-friendly boutique firm in London. And then I moved to LA, same thing. And then I actually started 
pitching a show around Hollywood as we all do. Right. And yeah. it was a queer design um, show. And so when I was in these boardrooms, basically pitching the show, it was so cute too. Like it was a kind of like HGTV meets, remember Extreme Home Makeover? Of course. Yeah. It was that, but for nurseries, like eco nurseries, it was such a great show, but Anyways, it, it never ended up going. But when I was in these boardrooms, the executives would be like, well, who do you envision hosting the show? And I'm like, me, duh. And they're like, you have zero credentials. So I started going to hosting classes. It's, you know, with Marky Costello. That's right. Good friend of ours. Yes, a friend of ours. So well, now a friend of ours. And I took classes that are kind of like acting classes for about five years. And then I started my hosting career. And right. when I was hosting, it was mostly on fashion and beauty. And although sure. that was so exciting and fun, especially in the beginning. I just always felt this yearning in my heart to do more and make more of an impact and really be involved in a deeper way that was more meaningful to me. And so I envisioned and married every all of my passions together and created EcoBabe. Mm. So that's about. yeah. And it's always that farm girl heart that's kept me on the same path. It's like my mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. And you most, you're so lucky to have found that so early. I know a lot of times we've discussed on the show, I mean, week over week now, whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, or, you know, a traditional business person, we do look for that blend, you know, where you have an opportunity like with you, Monica, that it, it was almost, it, it was almost natural. And I know people want that. So you don't feel like there's a separation between your, your work and your life. And that's something I'm very passionate about. All of us actually are probably very passionate about that listening and so then you fast forward to now in which you're, you know, trying to take this EcoBay brand to the next level in, in many different directions. As you continue to do that, have you noticed any trends that you've kept with you over the years that, you know, worked and maybe some that you let go of that didn't work, but what has kept you on this, on this trajectory um, to then get to this next level? The surface level is really what I've let go, like being so how do I want to say that? Like so particular about like your Instagram feed and how you look and all of those, like keeping things precious that has let go. I let go that a long time ago. I think that's been really interesting too. And it's been an awesome thing to see is things are just getting more real. Mm. And how, how is that translating essentially into the business world for you? Because like, I hear exactly what you're saying. And a lot of us struggle with that and not even realizing Mm -hmm. that we are so focused on some of these surface level or super superficial things that may come with building a presence or sorry, an online presence rather. And then your brand or even a business slash brand. Like, you know, as you think about the traditional ways that things have been done and you've navigated letting go of a lot of the things that didn't really matter, right? Some of those surface level superstitious things. How did that then make your business flourish in some sense? So you have to evolve with your brand, right? Like your brand is a breathing, living thing. And it's going to up level as long as you're willing to let things go and up level as well. So when I first launched EcoBabe, it was like more sustainable, sustainability meets style. Yeah. And style and beauty. And that's what I really talked about. And then I was like, okay, I just, I still feel the same that I felt while hosting. I don't feel like I'm making that big of a difference. And the, sustainability space was also up leveling at the same time. It was getting more serious. It wasn't so hippy dippy. Now we're talking about climate. Now we're talking about global warming. Now we're talking about emissions and um, kelp in the sea and like all of these things. So it's like, okay, I'm going to up level too, because this is what I'm passionate about. So I think when you can evolve and go with the flow, it's a really good thing. Um, 
and, and you know, you have to be willing to let go. Like the things that aren't working, you've got to let them go. It's the mm-hmm. same personal life, right? It's, it's the same as in business. And like you and I always talk about nothing ever is a failure. If you choose to learn from that experience. So mm-hmm. just always in my mindset is to learn, learn, learn. Mm-hmm. And you bring up the word letting go and and almost letting things flow in a sense, right? And sometimes those two things are completely opposite. And as you think of the earth now, I want to switch gears for a moment yes. and, and, and the planet we live on and the, and the work that is to be done. You can't just flow with that and you can't just let certain things go. You almost have to not only educate yourself, but find the right ways in your life, right? So uh, this is particularly on routines and I'm just really interested myself, but as you've educated i mean thousands of people on uh, in your workshops and and online you know it has there been a right way to get started in creating a more sustainable life that has worked that you're like hey these are the steps you need to take and if if you just do these minor steps they get to bigger steps and then before you know it you're subconsciously just helping the planet and uh, before you know it you're really helping the planet you know what i mean like that is such a such a routine focused thing i wanted to ask you today because a lot of us have routines right in work and life but i want you to help us realize that we can you know we can incorporate um this this practice of sustainability into that right so thinking about coming on your podcast i was like oh my gosh this is actually funny because my routine is literally going with the flow which is most people's non-routine right you know, something you practice every day, you work hard at, I have to work so hard to go with the flow, but I know that's how I can create abundance the most. And that I carry over into sustainable living as well. So if someone is just starting out, this is what I teach throughout my workshops, um, which I teach for corporations uh, globally. So I always say start micro to macro. So you, you pick, and what's great about sustainability, which can also be overwhelming, but we like to stay in the greatness of it, the light of it, is that sustainability runs such a huge gamut. Everything you touch, everything you experience, everything you smell, everything you taste it, it's all connected in sustainability, mm. right? So pick a, pick a passion, I say. And if you care about um, food, if you care about fashion, if you care about beauty, if you care about uh, travel, pick a passion, pick like a, sec- a section of your life and just start making eco swaps there. Then mm. an eco swap is like a, a sustainable alternative to a traditional product. It's a term I made up a long time ago, eco swaps. So swap out things within your home. Maybe if you love beauty, start with your beauty products, swap those out for clean, natural items, figure out how to recycle the plastic packaging, all of that. And then you, you move on. Maybe then you're doing your kitchen, you're figuring out how to compost. Then you're swapping out uh, your kids' closets and, and all of these uh, beautiful things. And then once you have detoxed your home, then you can go to even more macro items. Like you're looking into an electric car, you're looking into solar panels, you're looking into collecting rainwater for your lawn and gardens things like that right so micro to macro is the easiest way to start and sustain so that it's not overwhelming and it's really attainable that's like Mm. the key word i I like in in sustainable living it is it has to be attainable that's the answer that's exactly the answer i was hoping you would give us is that starting small can get you can get big steps out of that and bigger results out of it okay so what has been the this is crazy th- to think about. What's the scariest stat that you've studied and put in front of people to help them realize how important it is that we focus on sustainability and our climate? We have less than 60 years of farmable soil left. 
our soil in the States specifically is so depleted from monocropping and pesticide usage. Wow. That there's a huge lack of nutrients in our soil. And so that affects human health and planet health, because mm. if our soil is depleted, we're not getting as many nutrients in our food. Right. And so mm-hmm. then supplements, we're getting diseases, all of these things are spiraling from the lack of nutrients in our soil. At the same time, the planet really needs healthy soil because healthy soil can sequester carbon for up to thousands of years. And that means it just captures carbon below the surface, but that's only healthy soil. So since we're depleting all of the soil, we're losing biodiversity, we're losing um, animal habitat, and we're, we're also losing the ability to capture carbon from the atmosphere. And then that goes into the oceans are sequestering more carbon than they should and so on and so forth. That's why the oceans are warming. Um, so it goes on like, you know, go like super macro here, but I mean, uh, the, yeah, yeah, those top, those top level stats are exactly what I think is almost, it feels like an awakening, right? How would yeah. you describe the climate actually of the sustainable world that we're trying to create and any progress that's been made do you feel like we're moving in the right direction? If not, how can we go in that right direction as opposed to the individual mi- micro to macro uh, solution that you gave us? But where do you think we are now? And and kind of describe that to us and where we could be going with it to, to you know progress in a positive way. We've come a long ways. We used to have a hole in our atmosphere that's healed. Um, a lot of that has to do with, with organizations who are regulating like our air pollution, like the EPA. Um, we are today actually is the earth overshoot day. So that means every year we have an earth overshoot. And so on this day, it marks the day of the year where we have used all of earth's resources throughout the year. So like August 2nd is today. That means we're about a, a good chunk of time before the end of the year. So that means we're using up earth's resources before the year's end right? So we're using too much. Basically, we're like overshooting the end of the year by what is it, August, September, October, November, five months. So we're five months ahead of time of when like a natural resource pull would make sense. The good news is that we're five days past last year's date. So that means we've been taking strides and making steps. And so on that, if we keep making the earth overshoot day last five days, longer each year by 2050, we'll be back at the December 31st mark. We'll be back on. So there is really good news. And so things are happening um, globally within the United States. And there's a new stat by Drawdown Labs. They're actually out of New York City. And they did, they're a a research-based organization. And I'm so excited because the work that I've been doing has never quite been quantified. And so it is now. So this new stat is that 70% of global emissions are basically the responsibility of governments, agencies, and businesses. Wow. The other 30% the individual, which means that individuals have 30% of an opportunity to make a difference in climate change. Isn't Mm -hmm. that amazing? That's so exciting. You you guys should see how lit up Monica gets. This is why I, and this is why 
interviewing as a career has always been a passion of mine because I see how experts and folks like Monica, when you study something for so long and you can quantify it like you had just said, or you can bring good news to the table after expressing to us that like, you know, Earth Overshoot Day, I thought was this calendar held holiday or something. But no, it's actually a, a thing that we're working on as people who live on this planet. And we should be very grateful that someone like Monica can present this information. And it's just so interesting because like, until you know, you don't, right? And this education piece about the world, I say world, but I mean sustainability and the climate is, is it, it's almost critical at this point because so many people are uneducated about it. And what I'll put in the descriptions below is a lot of what Monica has to offer, of course, but then more importantly, anything that she's pulled out of this conversation and so on and so forth uh, with what we can go forward with. And if that's a workshop, amazing Monica, or otherwise, uh, I'm like even her website alone, if you guys go to the EcoBabe website, you're going to find a lot there, period. Um, but there's, it's just such an interesting conversation to be had, yeah. you know? And so as you've taken on this professional life of doing so, what have been some of the struggles? I've always been curious when it comes to experts. And I know you have your corporate partners that you've worked with for workshops and such, but you and I've also discussed how the trials and tribulations as an entrepreneur being so specific and focused on one topic, what have been some of those challenges? And then your hopes to obviously we've had the conversation of the outcome and the things you're working on, which are very exciting, of course, but you know, what were some of those challenges to begin with? There's two. The first is income. I bartended for 13 years. Like while going through my journey, 13 years. Yeah, because I had to, right? And there was a time when I first moved to LA, I was doing interior design uh, five days a week. And then I would bartend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I was working seven days a week. And on Fridays, I would pull a double. I was exhausted. So there's a lot of that in entrepreneurship, you know, like just making it work, doing what you have to do. But it's a, it's a hustle. It's yeah. a hustle. And so you really... For me, I've had to be willing to do that. And I'm a hard worker. I like working. I get a lot of fulfillment out of it. But yeah, it's it, it it's a hustle. Yeah. And then the other aspect that's mm. been hard is that there's such a divide in that's what I was actually going to answer your last question with as well. There's such a divide in the climate space. It's like you're either, you know, like Republicans can't believe in um, environmental healing and bills and laws and all of this, but then liberals can't believe in like finance, you know, yeah. like it, there's such a divide. It's, it's so left and right right now. Mm. And I mean, in my opinion, this is what I've sure. experienced. And so it's, it's hard because really, I think the solution lies in the middle. There has to be like a middle ground, a bridge of some sort to get everybody on the same page and working together because we need everybody in this transition to a climate just future. That's right. And I think to your point, again, my opinion, even too, you think about how hard it is for people to make a living off of helping other people continue to live. Yeah. That sounds very loaded. I'll say it again. Mm -hmm. How hard it is for people to make a living and those who are like you have the brain and the knowledge and the the excitement and the capacity to create uh, the right steps, right? To educate us and to help us move forward to then live the lives that we are supposed to be living. And then you just, it's, it's almost counterproductive sometimes to see that you had to go and spend 13 years, you know, just making the income doing one thing, right? Bartending, for example, and then 
having to now figure your own path out. And But I will say this because in the conversation around entrepreneurship, there's almost a like mystical beauty to that. And I know 13 years sounds like a very daunting long time, but you'd been on this path since you were a child. So then help us for a moment, if anybody's listening and kind of wondering whether or not entrepreneurship is for you, or if you're struggling right now and bootstrapping your business and really stressed, that's a big topic right now, especially as we've taken on this podcast episode a week over week. But Monica, because you found it so early and you did have to take so many years to then figure out how to make money doing such you know, said sustainability and climate expert work. What was the beauty in that? And what was the reward and what keeps you going at this point? A lot of it has been community. When people say that they've learned something from you, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just made impact like that, you know, because then that impact will radiate outwards. Mm-hmm. I am a person that are, that person starts impacting naturally, organically, everyone around them. So that's what it is. It's it's the impact in the community that's mm. going throughout all of it. Um, and I know that that what I'm doing is important for me. That's also what keeps me going. You know, so I just I I know we're in the middle of the sixth mass extinction, right? But Earth has reinvented herself five times. She's come back five times. So it's interesting because I think that a lot of climate change, of course, it's geared for the earth, but like she'll be okay. Climate change is really for society and for humanity. Mm. And so that human connection that really keeps me going as well. It's both, but sure. it's it's a lot of the, the connection with people. And um, I also love when I can help people reconnect with nature because it's so important to sustain your sustainable journey. Mm-hmm. I teach it in my workshops as well, which I, I teach zero waste workshops, composting workshops, and I'm launching a new corporate workshop where we introduce climate into corporate culture internally. And I teach a lot of that as well. Just how to reconnect with nature. Like we're how missing do we? peace, you know? And so when you connect, you care. When you care, you help. Mm-hmm. Only if mm-hmm. you care, you help. So if you can take, like, this wasn't part of your question, but I'm just going to go with it. Uh, if you can take five minutes a day and just go tap into nature, whether that's eating your lunch outside, opening your window, watching like a butterfly pass by the window, going to the water's edge, breathing in the air, just going outside and looking up the sunshine for five minutes, that will sustain your journey because you are connected. And I think that's so important for sustaining our sustainable journey, but as well as staying grounded and, and staying on whatever path you're supposed to be on because nature has a really brilliant way of keeping us at peace. Wow. I want to drop both of our mics because <laughs> you're right. And as the host of a show called the routine project, you know, my next question here, you know, <laughs> connecting with nature is very important. I remember the days, I'll give you two small examples. When I would I would be jogging, it was actually the West Side Highway in New York City where Monica and I met. Mm-hmm. And I would be jogging and I would make an intentional decision that when I was stretching or what, you know, if I needed to take a small whatever break when I was doing my run, I would grab leaves 
you know, off trees and stuff. Wouldn't pull them. You'd hate me if I said I pulled them. I mean, no. I pulled a couple. <laughs> I know. But I would be touching leaves or a tree bark or like something, you know, that was that was nature. And that felt very grounding to me. And then something I'm trying to get in the habit of recently is going barefoot on the ground. And I've learned from many little videos on social media that the energy of the earth and the planet and the nature and the things that exist, even the little insects that are running around, you mm -hmm. know, there is an energy there. That's like a level of connection. And I've noticed that like when I go barefoot, actually Darren Oli, and I believe you guys are connected, of course. So Darren Oli and on the down to earth show on Netflix back in the day, um, he would do that everywhere he travels. He takes his shoes off and he goes and finds some peaceful nature-esque spot. And he goes barefoot for as long as he can uh, yeah. to then get grounded to that area that he's in. Oh, those two examples, just to say, do you have routines in connecting with nature? And if so, what are those? I just want to inspire some of the folks listening. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about taking your shoes off too, is that the earth will be different no matter where you go. Whenever I'm in Mexico, the earth just has this different frequency. Whenever I'm in Arizona, it has a different frequency. It's so incredible to experience. Um, and that's one of my biggest routines is just connecting to, I say, connect to protect is going outside every day. Even if I don't have time to meditate in the morning or sure. even if I workout, I'm always making it a point to go outside for even just five minutes. And it, I mean, it, gosh, it's just so helpful. Um, trees actually, did you know that we are, I think it's a quarter. We have the quarter of the same genes as trees. That's insane. So connected. And if you ever look at like the, if you cut a stump, you know, the tree rings, of course, it looks just like your thumbprint all the rings. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then like, I mean, it goes so far, like the, the branches of a tree with the leaves look like a lung. I mean, we're just, it's, if you start thinking about it, we really are not that far apart from nature. It's just that. <laughs> wow. Connection. Yeah. Until you say that I didn't even think I'm never going to forget that. I know, isn't that, I know it's amazing. Like even I started, well, I forgot this part, but I studied biological anthropology when I was in college and all I wanted to do was be like a Jane Goodall. And so I studied a lot of um, the great apes. And so our DNA with the chimpanzee is 98.4% the exact same. 98.4. Some people say 96. Some people say 98. Have you hung out with chimpanzees? Um, I did once, but like, it's sad to say it was at this, this place in Miami and now I would never do it because like, I know better, you know? Sure. Um, oh, of course. With all of the, yeah. Yeah. It's a chimp in captivity and it was amazing. They're super, super strong. And he was like maybe one years old and he was like almost knocking us over. Like, it, I mean, for me, it was so incredible. But then once I learned more just a while ago, I was like, oh my God, I can't do that again. <laughs> yeah. Wildlife is interesting too, which I know we can talk about on an extended episode or just you and I off, uh, off the podcast, but wildlife is also like such a beautiful thing yet we've subconsciously, or just maybe even like out of nowhere of, of, of lack of knowledge, um, you know, we're not paying enough attention to certain things happening in wildlife. Therefore it's leading to certain extinctions, of course. And then you have issues that we're having with how humans are interacting with wildlife and such. And I just, I know you just got back from your international trip, you know? And so when you're, when you're around that, you definitely do feel more connected. That's very important. You know what I mean? And now, I mean, a little bit more on the business side, I, I would be 
remiss. <laughs> I had to pull that word out. I'm not really good with big words anymore. Uh, I'd be remiss not to ask you how you want this business to grow and how you envision EcoBay potentially becoming a larger company and impacting way more people in some shape or form down the line. Well, my business partner, the climate optimist, her name is Antrice Janeri. She and I have launched the corporate workshop that I just referred to. And there's nothing like this in the States yet. So it's been entrepreneurship wise. It's been um, a little daunting, I would say, because there's there isn't a service like this here yet. And so there's no reference points. And we're just kind of like going with the flow, like we just talked about, right? Sure. Right. So this workshop is really revolutionizing corporate culture to include climate, which is so important nowadays. Mm. And so there's a there's a a trend going around where up to 50% of people are considering quitting their jobs due to lack of alignment with values. And a lot of that has to do with climate. So people are feeling like their company isn't doing anything for climate and or they are worsening the environment. So they're considering quitting. So what we're doing is going in and connecting sustainable living with climate optimism so that this gives employees purpose and agency in climate, no matter where they work. Because if you're doing your own individual actions, right, that just transpire, transpires. Mm. Say? Transpires. <laughs> Yes, transpires and evolves and it snowballs basically into your, when you have a purpose, you're happy. And so you're happy at work and we need our jobs, you know, mm. to be working. So that's what, that's where I'm really hoping there's a lot of impact. Um, and then on a more personal level, I'm really hoping to get back to TV hosting more and hosting environmental shows. I have a few in my head that you and I have talked about that are, mm. Um, more of like a discovery series with the environment and and connecting cultures to cultures because that, that is also such a disconnect. Like our world is so big that people are missing the connection with other cultures. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's part of where my my head is going with the show development. But yeah, I'm really hoping to get back into TV hosting more as well. Yeah. I'm definitely excited for you. Again, I you hit something earlier that was really important and I think I I wanted to bring it back up. This idea of like finding pure joy doing what you're doing because you've kind of knocked your own trade by figuring it out in a way. You know, I think that a lot of folks are still trying to find that it for themselves. And I was talking to someone this morning that mentioned uh, it was very, it was a very thoughtful um, thing he'd said is that it will continue to change. Yours yeah. hasn't though. Ways of which, you know, your passions and joy, I'm sure, have changed, but you've remained in this lane of of really, you know, the, the better world lane, you know what I mean? And so as someone who has done that, for anybody who's thinking about, you know, maybe getting in a lane or even picking a couple, right, and be really manifesting that uh, lifestyle in the business world, um, I mean, any, any thoughts, any, any fruitful thoughts for them to take home with them in terms of, you know, maybe finding it or exercising certain routines to get you a little bit closer to that. One of my biggest routines, if we're going to call my life, any sort of a routine. Yeah. All right. The go with the flow routine. The flow routine. One of the biggest pieces of that is that I practice alchemy and alchemy is simply creating new realities with a change in perspective. 
And a lot of alchemy is going inward and what I call tuning in to yourself. So it's different in meditation where in meditation, you are clearing your head and not letting any thoughts come in. Right. Right. Alchemy. I figure out everything while I'm tuning in to myself. It's quiet. I light a candle or Palo Santo and I have some, I might do like a, um, kind of like a recording or like listen to a recording or listen to what we call an elixir, which is music. And then you just let your mind go and you're connecting basically to your inner child. And so it's like, yeah, when, when you're connecting to something like that, you can actually ask your inner child, like, what makes you happy? Where should I go with this? Ask that, that inner child for support, ask them, they'll tell you. So for me, it's like, That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, my inner child is like little farm girl, Monica. So that's where I always go. You know, like that's like my, that's my North star is connecting people with nature and, and to each other and teaching sustainable living. And that's you like- found that such yeah. an interesting practice. When you say you, you go inward and you ask your inner child and for anybody who is familiar <laughs> with like these terms or, you know, whatever this might be, they're probably like, what am I listening to? No, no, no. These are really interesting thoughts that she's having. And I, I would say that you're exactly right. Meditation is very different. You said alchemy, right? Right. So then when let's talk about the mind for a moment, as it relates to everything you just mentioned, and also particularly discovering the best thing for yourself and your business with mindfulness, right? Everything that you just mentioned, is it that you need to have you have you found the best times to pick one or the other? Is it routine that you try to do one so often that it just makes the most sense? Do you know what I mean? And turn you know, because like I don't even know where I would start with something like that, or to even think about doing alchemy if I'm like already crazed in my head about certain work things. What I would do is start with part of alchemy is staying in what we call the ascension attitudes. And those are gratitude, love, praise, trust, hope. So sit down, get really quiet, and then ask yourself if there's a situation like, oh my God, this happened today. And I just don't know how to feel about it. I'm, I'm, I'm these emotions about it. Ask yourself how you can stay in those five ascension attitudes. And you'll see that your realities start shifting because your mind shifts. And then you can, you can just keep thinking honestly, and you can just go and go and go (laughs) while you're in there. Um, we have, this isn't, you wouldn't find this on Google per se, but I know this from, I have a shaman in in Carmel, California. Her name is Stephanie Besman. She's amazing. She's one of the biggest blessings in my life. And so I've learned a lot about alchemy through her. And so she has told me that we have 672 senses inside of us. We're on the outside depending on your school of thought, we have five to seven, right? So like really every single thing is created on the inside. We have all of those hundreds of senses. And then, you know, the saying, I always get this, (laughs) I always get this uh, mixed up, but you know, the saying where your, I think it's your thoughts, create your beliefs, your beliefs, create your feelings, your feelings, create your actions, your actions, create your results. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Or your world or something. Yeah. But that really is inner to outer. You start in your inner world. You just get really quiet with yourself, shut your eyes, put on your noise canceling headphones. I have a pair of those that I use quite often Mm. and thinking and just start, just start asking yourself how you feel, how you can stay in these ascension attitudes, like how to be grateful or coming from a place of love in the situation. 
and and go from there. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And I think it's so helpful for anybody leaving this podcast episode shortly that we oftentimes just need the tools. This was a resourceful built or resourcefully built podcast where I think we vetted so many guests to try to find out their routines, but in, 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 in unpacking routines, especially the ones we've asked you about or that I've asked you about, we begin to learn what those tools are and what those tricks are. Like, I don't know what alchemy was until you said it. I had a friend create a company called drink alchemy. It's an amazing beverage, but I never knew alchemy was a practice. What am I going to go do tomorrow in the sauna practice alchemy? I have no idea what it's going to happen, but here we go. And anybody listening, it's the same, it's the same Testament. Like you listen to podcasts to discover something new and you've educated us way more than I could have asked you to, you know, I was like, here's a, here's some sample cues. Probably won't ask you half of them, Monica, and let's click record. And you gave us a lot of food for thought and a lot of actionable things to go after and, and really start thinking more about um, creating a better world, not just for ourselves, but for the, the, the planet that we live on, you know, as it relates to connecting with nature that you'd mentioned or the little micro to macro steps that we could be taking. I want to leave a little room here as we wrap just on what you believe you want to leave with listeners um, from everything that you've said. Is there, is there any, you know, testimonial that you've read recently where it's like, wow, that really stuck with me or a good book that you read that, you know, we can walk away with and go look up after this podcast recording ends, you know, something to leave us with. I, well, I'm not, I'm fortunately, I'm not a reader. I know that's same. <laughs> I know that I should. We but... talk for a living. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so there's not really a great book that I'm thinking of, except my business partner, Anne just, just wrote a book called the climate mm. handbook. So if you're feeling gloomy or fearful or anything, that's not positive about climate change, get this book. And I would say that my best piece of advice for people moving forward is just start, just start start going outside, start thinking about being more sustainable at home, start, you know, they say, if you want to change the world, you have to change yourself first. That's right. That's right. And sustainable living is starting with yourself. So start there with you. Start with you. Mm. Amazing. Monica Richards, thank you so much. As I'd mentioned in the middle of this podcast episode, everything that we've talked about, all the links and all the things that you can go find after you get off this platform uh, will be in the description below. And as we inch towards the ending of the Routine Project podcast, we have so many episodes available that will not go anywhere from one to 55. Um, we've interviewed everybody under the sun on this show to figure out how their routine systems, habits, and tips and tricks and secret sauces can help all of us in our entrepreneur or just regular business lives. And I can't thank you enough for joining me again, Monica. And to anybody listening, thank you for clicking play when you could have chose any other podcast out there. And I'm sure we'll get you that final episode here soon. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. Hey, it's Justin again. And that concludes today's episode. I hope you learned something new or exciting about routines, or at least took something away from the guest I had on the show. Now I've got plenty more episodes coming up on this podcast, so be sure to click that follow button wherever you're listening. Oh, and you know how it goes. The show only gets better when I hear from you. So drop a rating and review and let me know what you loved and maybe what we can do better on this podcast to keep you coming back each week. 
Now, until I get that next episode to you, start building the routines that matter most to you and inspire others to do the same. Thank you.